Hey kids, it's your buddy Peter. It is September 2nd and we are just finishing up editing episode 49 of Scotch and Good Conversation. It's an interview with Matt Uva from Orlando's Quantum Leap Winery and you can hear that in just a couple minutes. But I just wanna fill you in on some stuff. Next week, next Friday, we have an interview with Rocky Socha from the Orlando What's the Fuss podcast. So check that out, Rocky and I get relatively drunk and it does get kind of interesting. Also, a couple things uh, about our sponsors. First off, and this this one's kind of sad, but we can make it a positive together. Uh, our sponsor, Red Light, Red Light, was broken into. They were robbed. Some a-hole threw something through the window, grabbed some cash and grabbed a uh, laptop computer uh, and just made everybody in, in the neighborhood uh, just a little sadder. Everything's cool. No one got hurt, uh, fortunately, and that's what's really important. But uh, go by there this weekend, uh, drop by Red Light and give them some love, give them a hug, maybe buy a beer and let them know that uh, that uh, we won't be held down by by idiots. And also uh, Bama Pama Vintage, they got something going on Monday. They're gonna be in the parking lot of Stardust doing a pop-up with the Audubon Park Community Market. Uh, go by there, uh, drop in the booth and say hi. You'll probably, I'll probably be hanging out and if, you want to buy something, uh, mention Scotch and Good Conversation, and you will get a 15% discount. Also, as far as sponsors go, we're doing a new thing now. Uh, if you're a local business and uh, and and we know you, and yeah, get in touch with us, and we'll, we're going to do a couple free spots. And our first free, free spot is from a former guest on the podcast, uh, David Lawrence. He has a photography business here in town, and they specialize in... Uh, uh, commercial photography, portrait photography. Uh, they can also do like really amazing wedding photography. Uh, it, it, he's he's a talented kid. Kid. He's a talented young man, and uh, he uh, he's very good at what he does. So go by uh, his website. It, it's iamdavidlawrence.com, and you get more information on booking with him and uh, finding out rates and stuff like that. Shoot him an email if you have a wedding coming up or you're in a band or you need portraits done or something, any kind of photography, shoot him an email, davidlawrence at iamdavidlawrence.com. We're gonna give him about a month's worth of free advertising. If you're interested in getting some advertising and you have a locally owned independent company, hit us up at uh, scotchinggoodconversation.com and uh, maybe we'll get together and figure something out. Anyway, this is episode 49, interview with a super cool Renaissance man, Matt Uva. He dropped by. Not only did he bring some bottles of wine for my wife and I to enjoy from the winery, which was dynamite, by the way. He also bought cider, which was made at Quantum Leap, which was dynamite, by the way. And he bought bourbon. So near the end of this, I get a little little mushy mouth, even more mushy mouth than, than normal. So uh, uh, bear with me. Uh, you guys, hey, uh, thanks a lot. I love you. Here it is. Enjoy.
Thank you so much for checking out episode 48 of Scotch and Good Conversation. I am your host, Peter. We are a uh, weekly hangout, interviewee, excuse to drink in the afternoon, podcast type thing. Uh, we get together with interesting people and uh, we talk and sometimes we drink and hopefully uh, sometimes every now and then it becomes interesting. If it's your first time listening, thanks for checking us out. Uh, if you like what you hear, you can go to Scotch and Good Conversation dot com and uh, listen to all our past podcasts you can also find us on uh, itunes and of course uh, stitcher maybe because yet again after about six podcasts i'm too lazy to go look and fix it i think it's working but it might not be somebody emailed me a while back life gets in the way sometimes uh, if you want to get involved if uh, you want to be a guest if you know somebody we should interview if you have a, a uh, like a, a comment if you want to just say hi, give us a call, uh, 407-965-5557. That's 407-965-35 and a 7. You can also email us if uh, being on the phone is not your thing at scotchinggoodconversation at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, uh, Be Your Friend, We'll Be Your Friend, uh, Instagram, uh, you can like pictures of my dog, and Twitter, uh, where I think I'm witty, but I'm probably not. Uh, today's episode, and every episode, is brought to you by Red Light, Red Light Beer Parlor, my absolute favorite bar in the world. Uh, about uh, three or four days ago, my wife and I were sitting at Red Light, and uh, she was inspired to uh, write poetry in the haiku form. Uh, she's, she's fancy. She writes haikus. Uh, and and we, we were just a little bit drunk. Uh, this is her haiku, haiku about Red Light. At red light, red light, craft beers are flowing. Got to get them all. So that's a haiku about red light. It, there, there, there's a better than ever chance that this actually might become a thing, like a, a weekly haiku by my wife, uh, red light, red light thing. And anything that I can do to get my wife to go to red light, red light, and uh, drink, I, I'm, I'm in favor of. But if if uh, you feel inspired and want to... Uh, uh, Write a, write a haiku, only haiku form, not taking any free form beatnik hippie poetry, uh, just haiku form. Uh, send them to scotchandgoodconversation at gmail.com, and uh, if they're good or mediocre or okay or they're a haiku, I, odds are I'll read them on, on the show during the next spot. Red Light, Red Light, and that, and that, since uh, I've said it like 10 times now, uh, is locally owned. Uh, they've been in Orlando for over 10 years. Uh, they're located in the Audubon Park section, and if... If you're in Orlando and you haven't been down the Audubon Park section, give your do yourself a favor because it's it's very quaint, it's very hip, it's not near downtown, so you don't have to deal with any nonsense. I mean, there's there's parking, there's restaurants, there's <laughs> you like that? <laughs> that's that's my dog chewing on a bone in the background. Um, it, it's located in the same plaza as Park Ave CDs, which I, do yourself a favor go there because that's probably one of the best. Uh, record stores in the state. Uh, they're at 2810 uh, Kareem Drive in Orlando. They have 300 different kinds of bottles and cans and it's ever-changing. They get new stuff in, they let old stuff out. They've got 24 draft handles. They got two traditional hand pump engines. They brew on the premise. They brew little teeny weeny batches of some of the most amazing beer that you are ever gonna taste. They uh, they have vintage beer. If you if you If you're like a real beer guy or girl, because girls can do it too, I guess. I guess. Uh, <laughs> um, it, and you missed out on, on a certain beer. Red Light might have it in, in their vintage section. Go check them out. They've got wine. They've got craft sodas. 
Uh, just about every night there's a food truck, like a local food truck there. Uh, I always put a link in, uh, in the notes, the show notes. So if, if you're not from around here and you're planning a trip to Orlando or Orlando area to go to Disney or SeaWorld or Universal, or even if you're going to Tampa, it's worth the drive. So look, look, look at the link uh, to Red Light and then go by and see them. And, and if you come into town and, and you're, a, you're a fan of Scott's A Good Conversation, shoot me a message. I, I live within stumbling distance of Red Light, Red Light, and I can, I can kind of go over there and, and if you seem nice and you're not going to kill me, I, I, I'll buy you a drink. So go by there, uh, 2810 Korean Drive, and tell them that uh, you heard about that, uh, them on Scotch and Good Conversation. That would make me happy. Today's guest is uh, Mr. Matthew Uva. Uva? Sure, which, which both. One? Okay, which one do you prefer? Which one is correct? Whatever rolls out easier. It's three letters, and odds are I was going to blow it. And I, I, Normally, I ask, how do you pronounce your last name? Uva is proper in okay. Italy. Okay. We're in the United States. You can say Yuva, whatever. <laughs> um, and I, I, I'm already messing up. Speaking of red light, red light, and I, I interrupted my guest. Uh, we are drinking uh, from the amazing folks of Red Light, Red Light, a, uh, a Deep Roots Red Cypress. Uh, what is this thing? This is uh, the hybrid amber. Uh, it's a hybrid amber. Yes. Uh, it's from... Uh, Local Florida in Winter Springs, a local Florida brewery, Red Cypress Brewery, which I've had their stuff on tap, and I really liked it. So we're gonna take a little sip of that. Oh, that's 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 uh that's tasty, and this is good because I'm actually recording another episode this afternoon. So at, that'll like, be the sloppy episode. Yeah, that will that that'll be, and uh, I'm recording with a, another podcaster from uh, a podcast called uh, What's the Fuss. And they, I've listened to their podcast. I never met this cat before, and they, they tend to go a little hard from what I've gathered. So I'm a little bit concerned with hanging out there. I think there's going to be a Freudian slip in the name of that podcast. Yeah, well, I already, I already did. I, I uh, <laughs> that's my dog. I, I already did. I posted something on the Scotch and Good Conversation Facebook, and I wrote, "What the fuss." I don't know if you listen to Mark Marin, the the, the uh, what the fuck podcast. Mm-hmm. In my head and my sleep deprived, not feeling entirely one hundred percent, I wrote what the fuss, and he he sent me a kind note saying, "Can you, can you fix that?" I worked real hard on this branding, and <laughs> so I took the whole thing down and and, uh, and fix it. So Rocky, if you're listening, I'm sorry about that. I, I fixed it. Hopefully, I did you a solid. Uh, thank you for coming in. I I, I I do appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Uh, I usually try to figure out where I met you. And I, I, I know where I met you because I think it's the only time I've ever actually talked to you in person for more than about a minute. Uh, we were at Cloak and Dapper, a mm-hmm. local online men's stuff, jeans and cologne and beer stones and whiskey supplies. It's basically what your closet is supposed to so look it's, like. Yeah, it's all American made. If if you're a guy and you appreciate nice things, Cloak and Dapper, I believe it's .com. I could be wrong. We'll, we'll put mm-hmm. a link. We'll put a link. Uh, is a place to go. And they, they had a place here in Orlando. We met there because uh, you were buying a, a super duper slick suit from our other sponsor, Bamba Pamba Vintage. So we, we haven't talked before besides that, have we? Uh, one other time, I think I saw you outside of Red Light, Red Light. Actually. I was drunk, One probably. of the local uh, Was I drunk? I was probably drunk. I think I drunk. was, too. It's Red Light, Red Light. Okay. <laughs> That's what, they, the name is said twice because you were slurring it the first time you said it. You know, it's, it's funny. I, I, and I know I've talked to Brent 
the one of the owners, and I know he's explained the name to me. I don't remember it, but that, I'll, t I'll take that. That sounds about right. Um, these are three things that I think I know about you. Uh, number one thing, and, and besides the fact that you seem very awesome. Uh, That's correct. Yes. Number two. <laughs> you are the uh, tasting room manager and brand ambassador of local Orlando winery Quantum Leap. Yes. I have uh, close to a thousand different titles over there. Uh, <laughs> lately, I've been just saying sales manager, but I run their tasting room. I do all of their uh, online social media marketing. Uh, which is probably where we really know each other from is Instagram. Yeah, yeah, we, um, we, we comment on yeah. each other's things. Uh, the, the basically to take care of all of the staff training things like that. I'm I have this unfortunate ability to remember everything I do when I drink alcohol, which includes <laughs> what I drink. Uh, I forget if I'm not drinking. So oh, well, that's that's good. Uh, so for I, life. It's worked out. It becomes a problem. Then it's really really bad. Career. Life. Yeah. Well, that's you. Uh, like a lot of people that have been on the podcast have a super cool job that I'm I'm jealous of. Pay oh. sucks. The perks are great. Yeah. I'd say I used to work <laughs> in a record store, and that was pretty much yeah. it in a nutshell. Yeah. Um, in the last couple of years, I I I've drinking. I've been I drinking. I drinking more wine. That's what I sound like after I drinking a lot of wine. Take another sip of this yeah. red cypress to that. Oh. And it's only like 4%, 4.5% alcohol. So I, I thought this would be sessionable to kind of start out with. Uh, the fact that I haven't had any breakfast or lunch. Uh, in the last couple of years, I, I've, I've drank, I've drunk, I, I, I consumed. consumed. I consumed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a, a teacher from high school who I think might listen. And uh, I can't help but wonder what she thinks of me. 35, 40 years later. I guess 35. Um, you done good, teach. Sure. <laughs> She's a drama teacher, so, you know, you don't have to have great English for drama. Anyway, what, what was I saying? I have no idea. Oh, I don't know what I was saying. Oh, um, I, I've drank more wine, and I enjoy it. I just don't understand a lot about it. And that is unfortunate. That is literally uh, why I am in the wine business. Yeah. I, personally, I drink more beer. Uh, I love snooty cocktails. There's something really romantic about wine, and old, rich white men have made it confusing for the rest of the public. To keep to keep the little and, man and, down, and, and right. And I think it's it's become like this country club beverage. You know, uh, I golf isn't necessarily better on a private course mm -hmm. than it is on a public course. Maybe the green <coughs> maybe the greens are a little nicer. Yeah. But you're paying you're paying extra to keep the riffraff out, and <laughs> I, I like think, the riffraff. Well, right. I want to I want to drive that cart into the into the sand <laughs> trap. But I, but I think that's what over the years wine has made itself so confusing that you need someone a sommelier or or a wine steward or a fancy wine shop in order to be able to enjoy yourself drinking wine. Yeah. Have enough wine, you're enjoying yourself. Yeah, yeah. Wine. But, I, but so it's been my goal in life to literally dumb it down. Cool. At the end of the day, I we're, we're selling a farmer's product. Yeah, yeah. That's She's all grapes. it is. It's yeah. grapes. Yeah. And, it's you know, not we, rocket science. No. And we have the easiest job in the world. My winemaker will kill me for saying that, but you know, it, with beer, you have to you have to take your starch source, you have to steep it in water, you have to heat it up, and then. You know, then you ferment that with spirits. You take a whole nother step on top of that with wine. Wine would happen without humankind. If a grape <laughs> falls from the vine and uh -huh. breaks open, 
the sugars are exposed to yeast in the air, fermentation will occur, a squirrel is going to get drunk. Cool. Lucky squirrel. So, yeah, right. But so we have an easy job. We're basically just coaching nature. Yeah, yeah, you're... You know, we don't have to do much, just wait. Hurry up and wait. So that's... But I, And I've been trying to dumb it down because, like you said, you... You're starting to get into wine, but it's still confusing, and it shouldn't be because it's a, there's some code. It's that a lot you have more to learn, approachable but... now than it has been in the past. And, yeah. and my wife, I, I've always said it is smarter than I am, and I mean, so she understands a lot more of it, and she's taken some classes, and she's read some books. And if we go to a semi-snooty restaurant, she'll order a glass of wine. I'll order whatever the best beer that I can pronounce is. <laughs> and then I'll go, what is that? And I'll drink some of her wine. And say, I like that. And I'll ask her to write it down for me or write it down so we can get a bottle of it. And I feel like that's the best way for me to learn. This is a, an apology. I haven't been in your place yet. And it's been there for how long? Uh, we opened in October of 2012. Oh, God. God, there's no fucking excuse for me not being in your place. There is, though, because it's... we're hard to find. Well, I drive by I'm, it on I'm, a semi-regular basis. I'm, well, yeah. you don't drive directly by it. I'm yeah. tucked away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have horrible hours. Yeah. I think that might be... I know we've been in the parking lot and tried. Yeah. Thursday and Friday, 2 to 7. Saturdays, 12 to 6. That's it. Oh, see, I thought you guys were open during the week. So, no. all right. No, and... and Is that going to change don't really, And we don't really advertise. Uh, well, maybe. Yeah. I won't count it out, but I don't see it happening anytime soon. If it ain't soon. broken, don't fix it. When... So, we're a winery in Florida. We're not a Florida winery. Okay, it's I was going to ask semantics about that. Yeah. I'm using grapes from around the world. I'm not using the, the local uh, Vitis Rotunfolia muscadine grape, which only produces sweet wine. We're using <laughs> Vitis vinifera, which will produce dry wines. I know I'm getting out of You it. sound smart when you say <laughs> that. Anything with Vitis in front of it, it impresses the hell out of me. Fortunately, this is a podcast. And yeah. The listeners can't see the cheat sheet I'm reading off of it. Um, <laughs> He's not. <laughs> but the... Because we use those grapes, if, if I were to advertise, there would be people, you know, driving out towards one of those, you know, sweet wineries we've got here in Florida. And I know what go, you're talking about. And they'd go, yeah. yeah, I don't want to talk snot about <laughs> no, Central I, Florida's I tourism yeah. economy, but, you know, and go, oh, hey, there's a winery in Orlando. And they'd do the U-turn and come up to us, and they would be really pissed because I don't do anything sweet. I make a Riesling. We burn off all the sugar in the Riesling, make Good. it bone dry. We, we don't do anything sweet. And... As a result, I think those people would be really upset, and I'd get a lot of bad Yelp reviews. If I'm hard to find, I'm only word of mouth, I know it's not the best business model in the world, but by the time you make it up those steps and into the winery, yeah, yeah. you're invested. Yeah. You're ready to learn No, some I wine, get it. It's, it's, you know? it's a good business model. Holding that thought. Yeah. Because I'm going to take that bone away from her. <laughs> Hold on. Sweet girl. Hey. Hey. Hello. Hello, monster. Oh, that's slimy. Oh, that's gross. <laughs> oh, that's disgusting. I hope that makes it into the podcast. I know. I know. I'm terribly mean. I'm a horrible, horrible day. Hi, monkey. It's the sounds of murder in the other room. I wonder if one of those. Rosie, I think you farted in here without all the other stuff. I'm sorry about that. It was me. Girl. I thought you were going to be gone longer. Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> you uh, so you guys, I mean, you've been there for four years. Yeah. So obviously you're doing something right. And it, I guess it didn't occur to me because this is how dumb I am. I'm like, ew, Florida wine. No, you're not using Florida grapes. We have, we've got this little back 
uh, little back steps, little back porch off of the back of the winery. It's not any spot where customers can see, but it overlooks the bike trail. Uh-huh. And, you know, go out there, smoke a cigarette or whatever at the end of the day. And just the other night, there were two guys riding by really slow on the bike trail. And one of them was, I see him pointing and he's saying something about the winery. And the other guy goes, I'm not drinking Florida wine. And this guy then spends the rest of the ride that I can see trying to say, explain, no, 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 it's I, not I, Florida I, wine. I don't think I'm dumb. I just think people would think. I, I never even thought that you were well, bringing And they would. And honestly, that is a, a big part of why I got hired was to try to help change that perception. And so a big focus has been on rather than just sitting there and trying to convince everybody when they walk in the door to get out into the market more. You'll... you'll You've probably seen more Quantum Leap wines pop up on wine lists. Yeah, yeah. And then we recently released a hard cider. Okay. And the hard cider has increased us close to 180 accounts, and it's been on the market for only a couple of months. I mean, that's really cool. It's Good for huge. you guys. And so that's that's been something where people go, oh wait, now I'm curious. Once someone is curious, we live in the information age, I can just hop on my phone, I can start to read, and when I start to see, oh, Cabernet Sauvignon, Chardonnay, Merlot, uh, Marsan, uh, Corvina, like all these crazy hard-to-find grapes, and and then all the standard stuff, but none of them are sweet wines. And as a result, I I think we're slowly starting to see an increase of... of Well, good for you guys. The last year, I've seen... About a thirty-two to thirty-four percent increase in sales in the tasting room. So yeah, I am sure that's in no small part because well, of you. Oh no, it's totally because of me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> if you're listening over at Quantum Leap, um, okay. This is the second thing I, I know about you. Uh, when you graduated from high school, you were given a bottle of wine that would be worth around eight thousand dollars in today's market, and uh, you opened it with a Swiss Army knife and drank it out of the bottle. Correct. Yeah, who, uh, who gave you this bottle of wine? And have you and said I, thank you? And was was it good? Did you appreciate it at so, the time? So he still doesn't know. Unfortunately, he lives <laughs> under a rock, so he's not going to oh, he's hear, not gonna hear this, this podcast. Oh, it's it's on your um, it's on your uh, your the, the the blog at Quantum Leap. That's so so it's yeah, out there. I don't, I don't yeah, feel like I'm blown he, up this and spot. he wouldn't even yeah no. Yeah. He, so I when I graduated high school, I was gifted a bottle. It was a 1982 Cheval Blanc. And you're underage, also. So yeah, yeah. Cool. I didn't know what it meant. Yeah. To me, it. it it meant that I was now mature enough to drink. And that's why he gave me this bottle. And so I didn't know anything about it. A buddy of mine used, like I said, the Swiss Army knife to pull the cork out of it. We drank it directly from the bottle on a swing set behind an elementary school in Derby, Connecticut. (laughs) High school. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, this is like the spot we used to drink a handle of SoCo with Uh Coca-Cola, you know. I think I've been to that spot at some point. (laughs) Yes. And we chucked the bottle into the woods afterwards, you know, because we're idiots and didn't know about the environment or anything then. And um, Later that year at Thanksgiving, we were at the family member's house who gave me the bottle and he was pouring some amazing Cabernet from California. He had to have like been on the, the wine club for 20 years to even get this bottle. He had to like know somebody's brother to even get into the, the winery in the Are first Are you still place. underage at this point? Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. This guy's cool. Yeah, well, I mean, it's yeah. a family where we understood that, you know, the... This happens all over the world. People to, drink under yeah, the Yeah, to age, taste age a little bit, yeah. to not overconsume. I mean, it, my family didn't necessarily know about the swing set. Yeah. But to occasionally consume was a way to 
keep me from getting the taste for more. Yeah, I, I which, have the taste which for more. Which parents out there, that doesn't work. Yeah. It totally gave me the taste for more. I work in a winery. Uh, <laughs> You're on. It's got but it doesn't help that It doesn't help that my last name, Uva, means grapes. Yeah. Oh, well, wow. You right. were... I didn't so, even... Yeah, so... So anyway, he tells me this bottle that we're drinking that night. He goes, oh, you know, this is, uh, you know, how, however much it was worth then. And he says, that's like that bottle I gave you, Matthew, someday that could pay a child's way through college if cellared correctly. <laughs> So I decided to learn wine. <coughs> Almost had to. Yeah. I decided to decided to learn wine out of penance. You know, I had better learn a little bit more about this. And you know, at the time, I, I'm from Maine originally. There's no work there, so all the families moved to Connecticut. And Connecticut is is a very rich state, and I'm not very rich. So you make your living serving the wealthy. Uh-huh. And so it was. Let me learn all of their hobbies. So I learned wine. I went. You know, head first into wine. I learned scotch. I learned cigars. I'm horrible at golf unless there's like a clown's mouth and a windmill involved. <laughs> I learned how to Moat. work on the the hydraulics on an old MG convertible. These are the hobbies that rich New Englanders have. You're a have. bit of a so, renaissance man, aren't so you? So I did all that. Once that comes with the beer. I guess. Yeah. 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 But that was the thing was that to just try to learn everything that they because that's how you're going to make money to be uh-huh. able to speak their language. So I did construction for the longest time. I was never the cheapest bid. I was actually usually closer to the top. And I got hired, you know, and I beat out guys that were, you know, working on this old house and all that. And because I got fancy hired people thought you were smart. I could tell yeah. The, yeah, I could tell the story. And that's what it, sales of anything, and even in the wine industry. Yeah. I mean, if I learn everything there is to know about that source vineyard, and I tell the story of that source vineyard, and you taste the wine, and these things come through in the wine. That's when minds are blown, and that's when we can... And you build loyal customers who come right. back again exactly. and again exactly. and again. Exactly. Well, like I said, you guys are obviously doing something right because you've been there for four years, even though I haven't been there. I've tried. <laughs> I, I just like, when the fuck is this place open? Uh, um, you would not be the first person. So if you're in Orlando, make sure you go by there and uh, call me, and we'll go together because I, I still need to go check it out, and I will, I promise, across yeah. my heart. It's right, I, in the, right in the Mills 50 neighborhood, which is less than a mile from Red Light, Red Light, and the Audubon Park District. So and we, you put those two together, and I'd I know, like we've, to see we've them got join a, forces. We've it got a lot of cool happening between best, our two neighborhoods. The best two neighborhoods in Orlando to eat and drink in. Absolutely, and they're both getting better and better. There's stuff opening in your area. There's stuff mm-hmm. opening up in my area. Uh, like I, before we we got on on the mic, so I was telling you came at a good time in yes. Orlando. There's so much happening here, and I mean it, it's everything is quality, everything is good. And if you're not good, it it falls away to the side, and something else will take take over. So uh, and the third thing, and I don't know, this is the one thing that I don't know if is true. You've climbed mountains, mm-hmm. really, like up a mountain, up the side, like. Free climbing, that kind of thing. Well, or? with a rope. Okay, with a, with a rope. Yeah, the, the the hole without is kind of scary. Yeah, that that's I, I, I would not know that. that guy. Um, I had the craziest fear of heights. The crazy though, like I couldn't go on a three step ladder. Yeah, yeah. The craziest fear of heights, and uh, I had actually I had gotten a divorce. Okay. And I decided I was going to become a new man. Yeah, fuck it. I'm going out there. Yeah. Living on the edge. And I had a bunch of buddies who were into mountain climbing. And I will admit that the original impetus was mountain climbing girls. (laughs) Girls in little shorts and boots and little little socks. They are hot. Yeah. And they can out drink you. I can see that. I mean, it was just cool. So I was like, all right, I'm going to learn this. And I started to go to a gym, a mountain climbing gym back in Connecticut. And my first day, 
I was crushing things that someone at my level should not. And it was only 20 feet, so it wasn't really that bad. And honestly, the gear is kind of cool. I like gear. I like yeah, yeah, stuff. I know, I get it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and the gears, uh, you feel safe in that gear. So that was good. And then I remember the first time going outdoors. And that was when I really learned my limitations of, oh, I have to do this. And those are real rocks. Yeah. It's not like sheet rock. Yeah. It's pointy no, there's and no scary. Padded, there's no yeah. padded floor. Yeah. Um, and I did okay. I, I'll admit I didn't do really great my first time outdoors. Well, then, if you didn't break anything, you did really well, great. Well, You're still alive. You didn't break anything. It was, uh, it was the first time. There's a place in the Northeast, and if any of your listeners are mountain climbers, they will have heard of this. It's called the Gunks. And the Gunks is basically part of this mountain range that hits western New York, or I'm sorry, eastern New York and western Massachusetts. Uh-huh. And my first time doing a multiple pitch climb, which means each pitch is basically the length of your rope. So you get to a point and, then you, and you have to create a new again. base camp and start your rope up again. I fell and I fell probably 30 feet. That's frightening as hell. And for 29 of the 30 feet, it was frightening as hell. Yeah, free falling. For the last foot and then the swing and all that that came out, it was exhilarating. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. yeah. And I went in hook, line, and sinker. The next day I was at REI. I spent close to $4,000 on every bit of climbing gear you could ever (laughs) need. Um, I mean, I, I ate ramen soup for a long time after that, but... Uh, and I was uh, lucky enough to travel with some guys who went out, and I got to do El Capitan. I did, I've, I've heard of that. I, did, I know that. I did yeah. easy routes, but out in Yosemite. Um, closest here to Florida is there's a place in, in Georgia, uh, Tallulah Gorge, which you have to get a permit for and all that. But that's that's a really nice place, and there's a couple of multi-pitch climbs there. Are you one of those guys who will climb for a day, then sleep on a hammock on the side of a mountain? I did that once. I did that at El Capitan, and I would never do it again. That that. It must be amazing and frightening, and and the, the, I can't handle putting, that much putting stress. Putting that little like that little porta ledge out there and and sleeping on that, and and the first time not really being able to fall asleep because you're you were the, the one who put the the protection or the little clips into the rock, and you know what that is that you're sleeping on. I mean, you're still tied in. Yeah. Um, but what kept me from ever wanting to do that again was pooping in a bag. Yeah. See. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I grew up in the Boy Scouts, and the closest I think I've come to that is we had a repelling tower at the camp I worked mm-hmm. at, and I taught repelling for a summer. You worked at a Boy Scout camp? Oh, yeah. So did I. Yeah, did you? So did I. Yeah, I, I taught wilderness survival and air badge. No. Oh, what, what, uh, what tender rank did you get? Tenderfoot. Oh, so you, got, you yeah. checked out early. Yeah. Well, no, I was in, but I was in a crappy troop. We didn't do Oh, see, I was in that. a great troop. But I, I did go work for the, uh, for the summer camp for a long time, and, and they, like, cheated me to first class. But I taught wilderness survival. Marriage. I taught wilderness survival. I taught, uh, I, I taught canoeing. I taught forestry. Um, I taught underwater basket weaving. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think yeah. I have that merit badge. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it was a good time. I, I miss that. The the organization has become nuts. Yeah, and I'd like I'd love to see they're trying a bunch of a bunch of dudes who did it and are now maybe a little bit more liberal than they are, start, like, their own thing. I want to see, like, punk scouts of America. Well, there was a movement, because I got my eagle. My brother got his eagle. And before they they changed the whole letting homosexual kids in, uh, is that the proper? Yeah, homosexual boys. And um, there was a movement on Facebook to people who were sending their eagle back with a letter. Really? 
And I came this close to doing it, and they changed their policy, which it, it was. I was really conflicted on it and, mm-hmm. because I think a lot of the reason that I didn't become a criminal and made some of my better decisions of youth was because of Boy Scouting and because of the men who taught me what it is to be a man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was conflicted. I Am I glad I I, clapped, I kept my medal? It's, it's, literally, it's over your shoulder in a box up there with all that other crap. Um, am I glad I kept it? Yes. Do I wish I gave it back? Yes. It, but they, they did change their policies. They just don't let homosexual leaders in, uh, which I still don't agree with. But, right. you know, it, it's... It's neither here nor there. I was in Scouts between the time I was eight. I got my eagle at, at well, four days before I turned 18, which you need to get your eagle before you mm-hmm. turn 18. And then I was an assistant Scoutmaster for about three or four years. Um, I, I'm conflicted. It's a great program. Does it have its problems? Every program has its problems. Is there a, a bunch of homophobia there? Probably. That being said, does it teach good values? Does it? Does it make men better boys become better men absolutely it does if you're in the right troop which is what you just said yeah i was in a troop where i learned how to roll my first joint so (laughs) well we 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 did a considerable amount of drinking behind the backs and partying and and but i think i think in a way you learn how to do it responsibly absolutely right you you still have to get back to the campsite yeah yeah You, you still have to show up the next morning you still i i it kind of gets you to that whole you have to do everything in moderation. Right? Absolutely. And I hate yeah. to talk about moderation, especially in the business that I'm in. I, I make less money for those in moderation. <laughs> but th- to, you know, to actually do it smart. Yeah, yeah. Don't just go out and get hammered and wake up, you know, out by the, you know, the, the water area next to the canoe. I mean, you got to still get back to your campsite. You got you you to gotta, get back to the cabin you know, if you're on staff. And you have to be like straight enough that if a kid spots you on the trail, like you're, you know, you're, you're okay. You wouldn't know. There was a couple times that when I was at scout camp working there that we went out and drank in the woods and we were vomiting minutes before the flag ceremony in our, in our uniforms, <laughs> like literally holding back my neckerchief in the in the woods around the corner from where the, we raised the flag near the dining hall and I was vomiting then I made it up there wiped my chin with my neckerchief and saluted the flag with three fingers and marched into the dining hall only to vomit again in the bathroom in the dining hall well the dining hall at any Boy we'll Scout you camp vomit. is a place to vomit yeah. actually what the same time I worked at the repelling tower I was actually the dining hall steward because the repelling tower was only open for a certain amount of hours right. so that was my real job and we had really decent food. We had a, a family that lived locally locally down in Jupiter who came in and turned everything around. Um, uh, these are three things. Uh, you, I think you said you listened to the podcast. Yep. Uh, top three bands or singer-songwriters? Quick, go. Uh, top three bands. I'm a huge fan of, I will, right, Johnny Cash. And then okay, I, have to, I have to make a tree there and all of like the cool... You know, uh, old crow medicine show, anything like that that's like coming out now, which all goes back to Johnny, Johnny Cash. Cash. So, so Johnny Cash still wins that argument. He's a foundation. Uh, I have a soft spot for Sigur Rós. Okay, I know that um, band. That's instrumental. Yeah, kind yeah. of. They have some like weird, uh, you know, vocals, but um, to me, they sound like snow. And I'm from Maine originally, so anything that makes reminds me of the 
the winter. Okay, that I'm, sounds I'm, cool. I'm good, really, good reason. I'm yeah, really yeah. drawn to. Uh, and the other one is sick of it all because I grew up as an old school punk, punk rock hardcore kid. punk rock. Yeah, kid good for and, you. And you know, those are three. Well, screw I think the people, system. I think people have mentioned Johnny Cash, but that that's yeah. that's fine because he's Johnny Cash. Um, well, you didn't preface it with three no, no, no. That, no that, that's that's fine. No, that that's fine. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Is I, I love when when yeah. I I, uh, I see now I'm, I'm gonna go and look at sick of it all again, sick of it all again, and say the other one. I can't say. Uh, Cigarros. Thank you. I know I've listened I, to them. Which I'm probably mispronouncing. Yeah, it's okay. I know I've listened to them. Uh, you strike me as a reader. Top three books. I'm not much. You're of not a reader. A reader? Oh really? my god! I really have to get back into it. Uh, Travels with Charlie. Cause what I, is that? That's uh, basically driving around with your dog and uh, all of the different places that y- you've gone to. That sounds like something I would like. Yeah. Um, weirdly enough, Communion, Whitley Strieber. Okay. The crazy UFO stuff. And, no, and, I like uh, crazy stuff. I like conspiracy. Really, really cool. And then, uh, you know, I'm sure every guest you've ever had has said Catcher in the Rye, so I'm just going to throw Catcher in the Rye. Yeah, those there. are three solid. Um, yeah. And top three films. Star Wars, duh. Okay, everyone uh, says that, which yeah, is, I mean, there's a reason for that because it's it's fucking wonderful. Yeah. Apocalypse Now. <laughs> I'm the biggest military movie guy. Uh, I was once, I got injured in a bike race and I was out of work for 11 months. I watched every war movie that was available on Netflix. Totally into that. And Reservoir Dogs. Have, have you seen, a, um, what's the one about the, the making of Apocalypse Now? When they did the the Apocalypse Now Redux, the re-release, they had that they included a bunch of stuff in that. No, there's there's another one about literally about the making. It's, it's yeah, a, it's the yeah. it's like the documentary about into how the heart much, of darkness. Yeah, yeah, how much acid they all did. Yeah, and they, that. Uh, um, uh, Martin Sheen had a heart attack on yeah. set. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I love me some Apocalypse Now. I finally got my wife to sit down and watch it because it's it's. It's a bit of work. Like mm-hmm. it's it's a, it's a hard watch, but it's so worth it. Just for Robert Duvall's acting, yeah. and then then you find out that Marlon Brando showed up to set and didn't really have a real idea of what was going on, and he was a hundred pounds overweight. And, and yeah, that, that, that's a good call. Um, you were um, assigned a task to come up with your three questions. This is where you ask me the first of your three, please, sir. Get, now I'm really getting a cheat sheet out. That's okay. That's fine. It's, 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 uh, what's what's the one thing that you have wanted for Christmas every year but have never gotten? <laughs> um, when I was a kid, in in my, well, I grew up in Port St. Lucie, but my where everything good was was Fort Pierce, which was just north of Port St. Lucie, about a um, I don't know if it's 200 or 100 miles from here. I think it's 100. Um, in the Woolworths because there was no other uh, like big store. It was actually a Sears in the same plaza, now that I think about it. Uh, every year around Halloween, there was a gorilla costume on a mannequin in the window. And starting in September, I would see this gorilla costume. And then I, I like, I, I mean, that was when I was nine. And then I would try to save my pennies up for it. And I could, of course, I'd blow it on candy and cookies and magazines and music um i became really really obsessed with owning a gorilla costume and i, I mean I, I don't know if, like for christmas and i still haven't gotten a gorilla costume and then i, I don't know if you followed mash did you, did you watch mash mm-hmm. there's a great scene in mash where hawkeye and uh, trapper are playing poker in gorilla costumes and uh who was there before charles was 
They called him Ferret Face. I forget his name. He, yeah. he basically took he, Charles took his place. Um, he comes and and he's having problems, and they're both in gorilla costumes. It, it's this doesn't translate well, but I, that, <laughs> that, that even made my, my obsession with gorilla costumes even more weird. And I still haven't gotten one. In a case, I'll I'll maybe my wife will listen to this. Um, I, I would say as far as something I wanted for a present, gorilla costume. When I was like about seven, uh, my parents not successfully hit a bicycle for the kid next to me, next door to us, mm-hmm. underneath a sheet in our garage. And I swear I wasn't snooping. I wasn't that guy, and I, I'm still not. Like if, if I know there's a present in the house, I avoid that room because I, I like Christmas morning. I like the opening. I right, like, right. I like the fact that someone takes a gift for you and that's specifically for you and, and I, I like the look on their face when they buy you something that's really great but I was in the garage because that's what you do when you're eight and mm-hmm. there's nothing there's you live in a redneck town you play in the garage uh, and underneath like a sheet was like a 10 speed and I was sure it was mine and yeah I got up Christmas morning no damn 10 speed uh <laughs> talk about like a reverse surprise but, but i but i actually i mean i had to do the acting like i didn't know it was there and then i saw the fucking kid next door riding around on my fucking 10 speed <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, i i was still with my 10 speed i wouldn't use it like i i we have bikes and it's been years since i've written it so gorilla costume and, and that that damn ten speed. I'm would you ask, would you ride the old ten speed around in, in the, the gorilla, gorilla costume? costume? Oh, absolutely. I think that's I would. essential. Yeah, I, I uh, my wife did buy me a Santa outfit once for Christmas. I have one. Yeah, I which oddly enough has disappeared. I'm not. I, someone stole my Santa outfit, which is probably best because it became a thing. I would wear it often. Well, but, you really should. If you're going to have the Santa suit, you should grow the beard. Yeah. And because I, you don't have one, it was probably taken away probably, by the real by bearded the real Santa, Santas. Saint Nick. Yeah. No, it's actually a, an yeah. organization uh, oh, of oh. real bearded Santas. Yeah. I, uh, there's, a, there's a really good documentary on Netflix mm-hmm. about Mick Foley, yeah. the, the wrestler. and He's he's, he's a part of the organization. Well, yeah. good. I, I, if, if that's the case, then, then I have no problems. Have it taken away. But frequently, I'd put on a Santa outfit and my wife yeah. would get Randy. <laughs> so you know, doing it, doing well, it Santa style. It's Santa. Yeah, I, I know, mean, right? right. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask you some questions. All right. Um, question number one for young Matt. Not, well, I don't know how old. How old are you? I'm 40. Okay, so yeah, I've got I've got some good 10 years on you. Um, nine. Uh, what? This is a weird question, and I don't I don't write these. I just steal them off the internet. Mm-hmm. And I saw this one yesterday. What's your worst showering experience? Uh, honestly, so I've only lived in Florida now for about two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing we don't have in New England is uh, cockroaches. Ooh, yeah. Or palmetto bugs yeah. or whatever cute name you have for them these days. Big fucking um, insects. And so my first experience with a cockroach in Florida was while showering. Now, I mean, no lie, I once <laughs> moved out of an apartment in New Haven, Connecticut because of a cockroach. I called the landlord. I said, there is a cockroach in here. I'm leaving tomorrow. Are they in and Connecticut? I, I didn't realize cockroaches. Rarely, rarely. And or did I, and someone I said, like move from Florida to Connecticut? I don't know, and bring but there with. was a cockroach. Yeah. And I told the guy that I was out and that he was giving me my security deposit back, even though I was leaving six months early. Yeah, and they, he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool, totally. Yeah, I get it. They're, they're disgusting. Yeah, yeah so, we'll move uh, you into the biggest apartment. So, so it was literally, you know, that moment of like turning around and getting the water out of your eyes and looking up and, and there he is just looking at you. 
you. They're terrible, and yeah. they show up in the most inopportune times. I, I, I like, I, I don't like, I hate the ones that you'll get up in the middle of the night to go take a piss, and you barely turn the lights on because you don't want to get pee all over the toilet. Right. And there's like one hanging out. Yeah, and then you wind up getting pee all over the toilet and running back, and then you gotta you can't sleep because you're worried it's gonna crawl in your ears while you're sleeping. So mm-hmm. you have to get back up mm-hmm. and and kill the damn thing, and it's gone, and then you can't. Yeah, it's uh, it's part. If you're listening anywhere besides Florida, you don't necessarily understand the terror and disgusting level of of cockroaches. And then they fly. Oh yeah, yeah they do. Yeah they they and and they come out after the rain and. They're uh, they're they're filthy, <laughs> gross. Uh, question number two: uh, What does a day of eating look like for you? Oh God, my girlfriend gets so mad at me. I uh, are you that guy? <laughs> I I pretty much don't eat breakfast. Uh, coffee is good. Coffee and a cigarette. Um, throughout the day, I don't really eat much of anything. Maybe a Cliff Bar. Okay, that's uh, which mildly good for you. Which doesn't help if you also consume alcohol. Yeah, you work in a winery and um, you probably have a glass or two and then, over the course of the day. And then dinner, if that, is usually uh, I make some sort of, because I usually get home pretty late and refry something that she ate earlier there in you the go. day. Um, once in a blue moon, I, I like to go out. There are a lot of awesome restaurants here. In, oh, 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 and I mean so. this in the best sense. You're a smaller scale man yes yeah so uh, I, you probably should eat something if you're going to be drinking <laughs> booze all day you know and i know you're not pounding glasses yeah. of wine probably yeah well i did just in case yeah. for this podcast well, I, okay. I did i did eat three cliff bars today okay. that's the caloric intake i'm supposed to get all day so, there you go so we're good good okay you're you're good um <laughs> question number three mm-hmm. are there any positive benefits uh of laziness and procrastination no no, you think no, so? Not at all. I found it's really gotten me through life for the most part. Then you're misinterpreting what laziness and procrastination is. <laughs> no, you're just wildly successful because <laughs> you're a go-getter. No, I and honestly, I mean, I, I'd like to say, oh, I'm not, or yes, I am. You are. I'm somewhere in the middle. But yeah. No, I think it, when you put things off, you miss the opportunity to really get them done and really get them done right. And enjoy. If you, if you put something enjoy off the forever doing it. and it's still a success, yeah. imagine the success it, it would have been if you actually tried. Right. I, I know. I, I, I'm half joking, half not joking. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm 40 and I work in a winery. I don't own a winery. See, procrastination yeah. didn't help me out. Yeah, but I wouldn't <laughs> be at least a little bit surprised if by 50 you owned a winery. I, it wouldn't be surprised, and it was a really good winery well, and you too. Have, that's why you have to get out there and, and actually get it done. Yeah, I, uh, that's the one thing I will say. Moving to Florida from New England, it was things were so much slower. Oh yeah, and we, more we, relaxed here. And people would I'd be working with someone, and they'd be like, "Why are you so crazy and so fast and so you know? Got to get it done. Got to get it done." And I'd just say, "It's gonna snow soon, and people are gonna <laughs> we gotta die. chop the wood. We gotta people chop are wood, gonna man. die." Yeah. yeah. No, I, I I I get that. It's a uh, I, I was born in Jersey, and I've only been back twice in forty years, I guess. But it, it's it's such a different lifestyle. Any anything past like North Carolina, mm-hmm. it's it's just different. People are in a rush. People are are well because we only have yeah. six months. Yeah, it, it, it's it's absolutely insane to me. And while I'm not necessarily a fan of my state, and it's mostly because of like my governor. Um, I or a long succession of idiot governors we've had. Uh, it, it's I I do love 
the lifestyle, the slow, the, you know, you can get it done this afternoon, which I guess leads me back to the procrastination and the laziness. <laughs> See, I grew up around it. Yeah. You know, what, whatever's worth doing is worth doing tomorrow kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I grew up around it, and it, it's amazing to me that I can get anything done most of the time. So I, you know, I, I'm I'm kind of a proponent of take taking your time. I think. <laughs> well, I didn't mean to offend. No, you, no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's probably I, the quickest answer I've come up with so but, far. But 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 again, I mean, you are from an out, and again, I haven't been in your winery, but I I know how you got your job. I I'm familiar with your place and I mean I, I we've been talking for before this we've been talking for 45 minutes now with the mics on and we talked for 20 minutes before that I, you're good at what you do you know you come across as someone who gets shit done we try yeah so so good for you um, uh, you you need to ask me question number two please sir okay uh, if you did graffiti what would your tag name be and why oh um, I uh, I used to spin records I've talked about this on the podcast before, but that that's okay. I and I used to work in a horrible bar out by the airport, and on the way to the bar every night, I would stop at either Seven Eleven or Miami Subs, and I would get food. And I would, the the DJ booth was right near, and I was young and didn't eat well anyway. The DJ booth was right near the doorman, like where the door opened. So I talked to the doorman a lot, and I, if I had to pass gas, I would put my butt towards the door towards the doorman and fart on them because that's funny <laughs> farting on your customers <laughs> who come in <laughs> um and they dubbed me the toxic boy and i was dj toxic boy that was my tag and this was the 90s when everybody had a cool dj name yeah yeah i think i'd be toxic boy it, it sounds cool, cool. that's it, cool it, yeah what I, kind uh, of stuff did you dj oh horrible horrible music yeah. I, yeah so it it was fun and i loved it and i was i think i was mildly good at it um, besides the folks over Red Light, Red Light, uh, today's episode is brought to you by BAM, a PAMA Vintage. B-A-M-A-P-A-N-A Vintage. Google it. Uh, look it up. Get get on your, your, your favorite search engine and uh, Google that shit. Uh, birthdays, holidays, anniversaries, BAMA PAMA has got you covered for the man in your life, your dad, your boyfriend, your husband, your buddy. Uh, because vintage is cool. And anybody who is into fashion knows that you don't necessarily need to dress in all vintage, but if you've got a pair of your favorite jeans and a t-shirt and you put a vintage tuxedo jacket on top of that, you're, you're going to look cool and people are going to go, where did you get that? Uh, suits, ties, denim, vintage denim, uh, dress shirts, casual shirts, uh, t-shirts, tuxedos, uh, stuff dudes like uh, uh, shot glasses, vintage shot glasses, um, uh, shoehorns, I mean, stuff that you'd find in like a, a men's closet. Bama Pama's got it covered, and it, it's probably a fraction of the price you'd pay in the mall, and it, it's better made. And this is all vintage, it's cool. And as a listener of Scotch and Good Conversation, they're gonna give you 15% off. Uh, just if, if, when you buy something, in checkout, there's going to be a discount code. Put the word Scotch in there, and you're going to get 15% off. And if you're local here, uh, they do pop-ups all over town. Just follow them on Facebook, and if they're doing something, they're going to pop it up there. And if you go into their booth and you want to buy something, and you will, uh, just mention Scotch and Good Conversation, and they're going to give you a 15% off discount. Follow them on Facebook to know what they're up to. Follow them on Instagram. Uh, follow them on Twitter. B-A-M-A-P-A-N-A Vintage. 
Google it, learn it, live it, love it. Don't dress like you dress at the mall. Uh, question number four for you. How would you describe your four, your very first kiss? I'm assuming you didn't have the mustache and beard. No, I didn't have the mustache and beard. Uh, my very first kiss? Yeah. Second grade. Oh, Jan- wow. You were a mover and a shaker. You're a player, dude. Janice Cosmo. Uh, where do you, where's Janice these days? I have no idea, but she's still in my heart. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> um, no, it was actually, it was very funny because it was like while class was going on and uh, it was a Catholic school and the teacher thought it was like the sweetest thing ever. She was like, oh my God, that's so cute. She even like, oh. Was this a nun? And No, no, because okay. we didn't have nuns, but the principal who was as close to a nun as one could be I happened to be walking by just as it happens. Oh, so, you got a smack of the uh, ruler. So we, we both did detention, so second grade detention. Did you make uh, out during detention? The, well, no, they kept us in the same room, but at opposite ends of the same room. Because you were very, a deviant. Yeah. For half an hour. It was yeah. very, uh, very interesting. It was worth it, worth every uh, every. Did you guys kiss again after that? or No, no, no we learned our lesson. Oh, yeah. oh, I actually haven't kissed a girl since. Okay, <laughs> well, it's someday you'll do it, dude. Uh, you brought cider. Can we try that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you your, your uh, fifth question while you're pouring. All right. Um, would you who would you rather be roommates with for a year if you had to? Um, Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton? Oh shit! This is about as political as we get. Yeah, I don't get I don't get to say Bernie Sanders. Huh? No, no, he'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. For far too long, you have left the dishes in the sink. <laughs> <laughs> These are community dishes. Well, well actually, uh, forget about that and tell us what we're drinking. Uh, so we're, we're getting into the cider, and, and that'll give me time to, to figure out an answer that will not get me fired. Um, all right, so uh, we're on Peddler's Hard Cider. So we have this whole side project I at dig the winery. This. I'm not even a cider guy, and I dig mm, this. Exactly. This is really easy to drink. We have this whole side project at the winery called the Grape Peddler, and it's like a secondary label that we do. And essentially, it's the winemaker, Norman, yeah. Norman Saley and I, uh, we call it an experiment in expense reports. How much can we spend before they fire us? <laughs> so we've been playing around with this cider, uh, without telling the owners and then when we knew it was going to be good and we should do a larger batch we waited for the owners to go on vacation and we spent a ton of money and we got these USDA certified organic apples from Michigan we did all this crazy stuff and got the cider going and when the owners got back and realized how much of their money we'd spent we almost got fired yeah, it was like but, that close but this is really good and then, well right yeah. and, and then we got uh, this gold medal from the brewers guild for best cider in florida and that literally saved our jobs but we used a champagne yeast to keep it dry okay that so explains something ciders are like so, overly sweet yeah, they're so yeah. cloyingly sweet because if you use a brewer's yeast the brewer's yeast doesn't eat the fruit sugars well enough so you have to back sweeten and well we used a champagne yeast and so that that's a yeast that literally wants to eat eat cold weather fruit grapes is that something case, commonly apple. done or did you guys just kind of figure that out at there some are some point? other there are some other folks who do it so um, you did read a book okay yeah googled yeah. Yeah. um but there's some other folks who do it but it's just i think it's just smart yeah and you know because it's not sickly sweet which is right. re- the reason i don't really like cider that much well you mentioned at the at the beginning of the episode you talked about red light red light and the very small batches that they mm-hmm. do a lot of it is more than just the hops they're using, the malts they're using, it's the yeast that they're using yeah, as yeah. well, and that will do something different. And so this is kind of what we were trying to do, is take the yeast equation really into the world of cider. And we are trying to bridge the gap between the wine drinker and the craft beer drinker to give them something that they could both enjoy. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, this is, this is brilliant. And this is available at the winery? 
at the winery and on tap in about uh, close to 200 accounts in Florida. Now. Really? Because I've, I've never seen it. That's cool. What's the label look like? The uh, label is an old penny farthing bicycle. Love we're, all, it. we're all bicycle geeks at the Love winery. It. Absolutely. Um, we have a couple of different variations. So there's a hopped up cider, which is all citra hops added to it. Mm -hmm. So different bike for each, uh, each variation. I've got uh, 28 bourbon barrels. We've got some resting in. Oh, man. The winery. So and have, have you put that out yet? Have you tasted no, that? We, we've That's exciting. We've, we've been tasting it. Yeah, yeah. Um, if there's any left, we will hopefully release it to the public. That's really October, cool. Yeah, I'm at the to, rate that we've been tasting I've it. I've got some cider day. friends, and I'm going to have to yeah. make an excuse to go down there. Uh, I mean, what's, the, what's the alcohol on cider? I don't... Uh, this one is six percent alcohol. So that, that's mm. that's a little teeny weeny up there. Well, so but not so much that you can't have a glass or two. So funny is the yeah. the government, uh, the federal government, the tax that you pay on the alcohol at at like six point five percent. It would be three dollars and thirty cents a gallon to the federal government. Below that, it's twenty cents. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, I'm going to stay below that. Yeah, no, and, that, that makes sense. You know, yeah, you can have two. Buy yeah. two if you want to get well, all jacked up. Yeah. yeah. I like it because I think uh, it's something that almost straightens you out. Yeah, uh, I'm not actually suggesting that. No, no, no. A yeah, no. Uh, federal law thing. I can't suggest that the alcohol would be good for you. No. Um, but at the end of our day, that's makes what me we, happy. That's what we tend to drink. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that it it, it really is, Brent. Yeah. I'll take a picture of the label, and that will be in the yeah. show notes uh, because I, I. I guess I read that last night when I was getting ready for this uh, that you guys were doing that. How long have you been making cider? Um, it's been, we've been making it for probably about seven months. Now. Okay, so it's, it's fairly been, new. Yeah, it's been released to the public for probably Oh, it's brilliant. Four it's it's really good. Um, where was I? Oh, uh, you, you, so uh, Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton roommates for a year. Oh, God. I'm actually going to go with Trump. I think it might be for, more fun. And the reason I'm going to go with Trump, I know that, you know, my liberal side should be against that. I'm going to go with Trump because it'd probably be a really nice place. Yeah. And there's probably a, a good chance though. that he'd yeah. never be there. Yeah, I think he's flying around doing yeah. nonsense. And uh, so, you know what, I'd have to drink some of the Trump winery stuff for a little while. Is that but a thing? Is that really a thing? Yeah, yeah. I didn't. Old, I, I thought that was one of the, the things old, that had gone bankrupt. No, the many, it's the many old, things. old Kluge estate, and uh, it does. It actually does pretty well for what it so is. So he bought something that was making wine mm -hmm. and and just put his it, it tacky, was, stupid. Yeah, ass this, and I, I guess the wine. way the story goes, it was a, a woman who had in, who got the winery out of a divorce. She tried to do all this stuff to make it better, and then uh, she had blown all of her money on that and she was friends with him and he kind of bailed her out by okay. buying and it and put his tacky and, stupid logo and she on it. and a bunch of other people who were there pretty much still running the show but it's got his name on the it. kluge estate is also a good name for an emo band yes yeah. yes um question uh number six for you we got like two more oh what's a bad day at work look like for you oh um a bad day at work is is uh, we don't all get along. I mean, it, it sounds like it's a great experience. Are you going to get in trouble for saying that? No, no, no. It's okay. okay. Hey, you hang around. You drink all day. Well, imagine a bunch of angry drunks trying to work together and get something accomplished. I worked in bars. I've um, seen this. Yeah. 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 No, it's... it's uh, Sometimes we do butt heads. Everyone that I work with is extremely passionate. About and you guys are do. smart and almost and, like artists. Oh, so occasionally if someone's not going to get along with the other guy. We're all so passionate that... 
if your idea is one iota off of my idea, well, then I, I, I obviously have to defend my honor now. And so there is a lot of screaming matches. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they all work out. And But the, the bad day is that, you know, oh, God, we got another screaming match. Or, you might have to apologize to somebody the next morning. Right. And, yeah. they're, and they're not really that, that, happens that to extreme. That happens as, as Well, in our place, we only can get a, get away with a little bit more than you could in, say, you know, a cubicle environment. No, I get that. Like yeah, that. that that's, um, that's why I said you have a cool job. Yeah. Like I said, a lot of my people on here, you know, they own bars, yeah. they brew, you make wine for a living, and, and that's, uh, yeah, all, all I want to do is get paid to drink and hang out, which <laughs> kind of what I'm doing. Uh, I do have some sponsors. Yeah, I mean, so. we have a few things open here and a bottle of bourbon to go still. <laughs> and so. it's, it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, your third question. Oh, can we try the bourbon? Yeah. Okay. So the funny thing is, is I think it was maybe your second episode. Oh, you listened to the early ones. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. And it's just like, it's like doing it for the first and time. It was it's like always a, messy. After like second episode, I was like, I want to be on that. Thank and you. I had this bottle because it was well, look something. Look at your pack heat, man. You oh, just yeah. whipped the knife out. Well, they got to cut the top off. I this guess. Is, seriously has not been opened and you're open it here. Thank yeah. you, man. So, uh, so, I, I just said, oh, I got it because he likes scotch and, and this and that, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've got to get on there, and I'm gonna save this until then. And even though you start every episode with like, hey, if you want to be on, you know, I'm not gonna be that guy. You were always I'll on just, the list. You, I'll just you, wait. you were on the list of people right. that you know. With like I said, I, I, I know you guys, what you guys do, and you bring something to my community. You and the folks over at Quantum Leap, thank you very much. No problem. So, what are we drinking here? That's more than enough, sir. Yeah, well, we're going to just let it sit for a while, too. Uh, I brought E.H. Uh, e. Taylor Small Batch Bourbon. Uh, so, if you're familiar with Pappy Van Winkle, and yeah, 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 all yeah. the bourbon guys are constantly after Pappy Van Winkle. So, E.H. Taylor is from the same house. Okay. And back in the day, Pappy Van Winkle was a bourbon salesman, and he was selling for what is now Eagle Rare. And he was out in the market, you know, whatever territory was his, and he would sell the bourbon. When he made enough money, he started his own distillery. Colonel E.H. Taylor was another one of these guys. He was out in the road and also eventually made enough money to start his own distillery. At one point, one of the children who owns what's now Eagle Rare kind of bought them all back and brought them all back into the fold. Oh, that's kind of cool. Good. So when you're out there and, and Pappy Van Winkle's going for $600, $700, $800 on the resale market, you can go grab a bottle of E.H. Taylor because essentially they've walked down the aisle and gone, this barrel will be Pappy. This barrel will be E.H. Taylor. Now, it's... It's not as simple as that, yeah. but it's pretty darn close to being as good as, in my opinion, better. Because it's like when you can find it, it's like forty to fifty. Thank you very much. I, I really do appreciate this. Oh, no problem. We'll come uh, eight o'clock when I'm recording my second podcast, and I drink in between now and then. It might not be. But I can't wait to listen to that one. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, 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 the, uh, it's a podcast. The, the kids, the kids from uh, What's the Fuss? They yeah. they they go fairly hard. I'd like to think we're, uh, well, I mean, I think I've got like 12, 15 years on these guys. Yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to sitting down with them because they're just like kind of little punk rock kids, and but their heart's in the right place. Yeah. They're, they're, their last podcast, they, they talk about they're doing a show in October, 
and all the money is going to a local charity for uh, feeding the homeless and putting clothing on the homeless. Excellent, and excellent. So we're, we're the, that'll be in the show notes. The uh, dude's name is Rocky, and it'll be the the podcast after this. And it's, he's from a, a local like Facebook group called the Podcast Mafia, which is our, our local Orlando podcast. And I, I'll tell you, if you're interested in, in listening to some decent podcasts, go over to Facebook and do a search for the Podcast Mafia, and you really can't go wrong with any of those guys. Uh, so. Uh, that'll be next next week. You did you ask your third question? This one happens. Uh, no, I did not. Please ask me the third question. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna drink some of your bourbon. All right. So zombie apocalypse. Okay. I, I know everyone's so gonna go there. No, it's okay. Zombie apocalypse. It. You get three things to grab out of your house, like right now. So they get three things. Like they're coming for the door. You got to run. You got to go now. Wife and dog don't, don't count, right? What was that? Wife and dog don't count. Well, the wife's not here. Okay. Well, oh damn it. Now that's that makes things. Difficult. I mean, it's three things that are here right now. Uh, my dog. Possibly this bottle of bourbon. <laughs> <coughs> I'll trade it for fuel down and, the road. In your van. Um, um, definitely my dog. Oh, I got one more thing. And I would say dog food for her. I, I, just, yeah. bought a, I just bought a bag of dog food for her. Once had a... a uh, I could eat the dog. In a pinch, I could eat the you dog food. You could eat food. the dog food. And it, it's like a 20-pound bag of food. That's going to take me a little while to go through. Once had a drunken conversation around a fire pit that that question was brought up. Yeah. And uh, it was funny because one guy like spouted off three things real quick and everybody looked at him like, why the hell do you have that stuff in your house? Like <laughs> he had like like some sort of like, you know, old, you know, I don't know, from like the 1400s mace, you know, a big <laughs> ball with spikes on it. Like, Dude, why do you have that? In case. You know, it's, but it's just... The things that he mentioned, you know, he had like, you know, 300 foot of rope. Why do you have that? Why, why, you know, I, I get that there's like this movement of, uh, you know, stocking up for the inevitable zombie apocalypse. But well, I, I you just had realized. Good answers. Your I, answers well, I realized, were so tame. Well, like your dog. Yeah. That's my dog. Probably smart. If, if my wife's not here. My dog, yeah. uh, her dog food. And I have another thing. And, and my instinct goes to in this bag that goes with me everywhere is a book that I, I just can't finish for some reason. It's really good. It well, here? Zombie Apocalypse is a great time to catch up well, on your reading. you know, I'm in your van. Oh, I said your van. <laughs> Damn yeah. it. Um, oh, it's so used to your van. Uh, well, I, I'm going to steal your van. That doesn't count. And I would take this book. Well, i got to admit, if the Zombie Apocalypse does it, start right now, yeah. I've got the keys. So yeah, I mean, we, that, yeah, well. We'll count that as one of the three. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I was going to say this book, and I can read it and tear a page out and make a fire. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great book, by the way. This, this is uh, so like, great that you can't finish it. Well, I'm, I'm this far into it. it it's it, you, remember, you ever listen to techno? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what remember, I that's the, what I used to DJ. Remember the KLF? Yeah. Uh, this is Bill Drummond. Yeah. The brains behind the KLF, and he's an artist. Artist. Uh, after KLF, like probably ten years after K, well, uh, five years after KLF, him and the other KLF guy took a million pounds and went to the desert and burned it because of art. And they videoed it, and then they took the ashes and put it in a suitcase and took that to an art house and said, what is this worth? And it was worth $100,000 pounds. He, he just makes art wherever he goes. He, he, <laughs> he, uh, he took some of them. Well, when he was a kid, he took a, a, a trip to Antarctica with his sister. And he buried a statue of Elvis somewhere, and he, he had the coordinates for it. 
And then he stumbled across someone who had a, like a famous photographer who had a, a picture of that spot. So he bought it for like $10,000 and it hung in his house for a couple years. And he uh, decided he didn't like it. So he cut it up into little teeny weeny pieces and sold each piece. And then he took that money and went back to the spot and buried it. He's, he's just nutty. I can't say enough good things about it. I don't know why I can't finish it other than it's hard and he's way smarter than I am. Uh, Bill Drummond. Look it up. Google yeah. it. Uh, so that, that's my answer. I think I have one more question. Two more. Um, question number seven. You only have 24 hours of eyesight left. What do you do? 24 hours of eyesight? Mm-hmm. Uh, sappy, sappy answer. I'm gonna spend 24 hours with uh, with my girlfriend then, and I'm. That's the right answer. Yeah. I met your girl. You, uh, and you're a lucky and man. And it's but it's not a. I'm not saying that because she might listen and and. That's no, the I, I get it. I, I see. To, I see the look but on like, your eyes. But like that's a that's a legitimate thing. Like and you know maybe go. It's if we're here maybe go walk around Lou Gardens or something. But just to have, you know the that last 24 hours surrounded by beauty if those are the things that you're going to keep as your most recent memories that's the right answer that's that's what i want to do yeah yeah i get it watch a sunset watch a sunrise if you can squeeze it in although i would will admit that i've always had this thing in my head that i've always thought about like being blind and a sommelier like you have to be the best effing sommelier (laughs) ever like if you're blind i mean someone would have to read you the label there's actually a, a Chaputier, there's a, what is a, that? a French producer, Chaputier, that does all of their labels in Braille. Well, that's really cool. And I think something about like the winemaker's mother was blind or something that they have a property in uh, Australia is they're working with Braille as well. And, and no, their they're okay. labels yeah. readable by you or I. Yeah. But then there's also Ray. Not me, I can't of... say Chaputier or whatever <laughs> you just said. Yeah. Um, and I always thought that was really neat. And it just is, always made me think about like, and then I just read recently about there's a woman in Connecticut and then when I read about it Amy Dixon I was like oh my god that's like, she's like a Facebook friend with a friend of mine from the wine business You're mildly and, famous and that it was uh, you know that she is a blind sommelier and I was like that's if that if I ended up going blind then I'm going in even deeper Go hard. It, you know into the business that I'm in because that you got to be good well, at that Well, don't point. that's supposedly your other senses. Well, right, Exa- and yeah. exactly why. I You're going to need would... to hire an assistant. Yeah, but to read the that, labels. Yeah, yeah. you. I, I would hire a, a blind, that word, yeah. that I can never so say, like, but I know so what it many, is. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, wine guy, just yeah. a blind wine guy. Well, I know a Cicerone's like a beer, the beer version, but not yeah. quite as smart. I would disagree with that. Well, the, they don't the, go the, through much schooling well, as you guys okay. go through. Yeah, uh, it's uh, But a lot of their, their self-taught stuff, and, and to no, get yeah. to that master uh, Cicerone level is is pretty extreme. Yeah, we, we've had a couple of Cicerones on I, here. I got me a level one. That yeah, was pretty you? easy to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. 65 bucks on the internet. Guy like you, you know a little bit about beer. Uh, you know what? You got to get, get a 90 so out of 100, so you're fine. Um, question number eight, and this is what we ask all people. Who do you know that I don't know? Who could sit in a chair and hang out and has something to bring to the table? Some, that or just an interesting person. I've had people who have nothing to bring to the table. Like that, I don't mean that, but you know, a no, product no, no, that no. I want to get behind. That you don't know. See, this is the problem. I, I don't. I don't get out. Well, think much. about it, and and you know, yeah. and uh, it, it, if there's somebody, uh, shoot me a message, and we'll get them on here. Because okay, that's it's part of the thing is I want to increase my my ring of, right. of friends and people I can get free drinks from and, and, <laughs> and the shows for free. No, right. I, I honestly, like, I mean, what, like I said, what you guys do brings something to my community. 
Um, okay, I got one. You might not know her. Uh, Christine Thomas with a K. Christine, not, not the Thomas with a okay. K. Okay, and what does she, she do? She um, runs a little thing called ORL Food Lab, and it's like the TED Talks of food. Well, that's kind of cool. She's or- local? In Orlando. Yeah, yeah. She started this thing, and it's Orlando-based, and once a month they meet and they do uh you basically listen to a different food entrepreneur drinks on entrepreneur or something like that kind of tell their story outstanding most of the people in attendance are other people in the food and wine and, and beer industry and they're they're just trying to get a little bit of a leg up you know uh so many awesome things going on here in orlando and, and so many of them are at startup level and to listen to stories of those who've made it past startup yeah level yeah yeah and understand that oh they too went through all of this. Like they too had to like take on roommates at forty five years Inspiration. old. You know, and, and um so it's something that it's really neat. And then you also have kind of this community to to lean on. And it's been very interesting. I've attended a few, I've spoken at a few and, and it's been a, a really neat community that's that's built up. And it's not just like the cool hip right here in downtown Orlando. There yeah. are there are restaurateurs who come up from way down by the parks and then there are farmers who come down from you know uh, Ocala or whatever and, and it's really neat to get all of those people in the room at the same time yeah hit her and, up. and hit even her up just that, for that like sounds that, great I will yeah she's she's cool a, and and the the and she sounds like it I mean that's a great organization yeah. a great thing to get involved and I had Gabby you know Gabby from Audubon Park Market mm-hmm. I had Gabby and she's big in the slow food movement she's like the ambassador for the state uh you know, and we, we just got such a, just a, a rich culture of talented, amazing people here in town. Now that's it. Thank you very much. Hey, reach out to her. I, I, I will. Yeah, no, I mean, there's no slower food than wine. <laughs> <laughs> um, Four years from now, you can consume. Uh, remind me what we were drinking again. What, what was uh, that? We're, this is the E.H. Taylor small batch bourbon. And it was and really, before yeah. Before well, that, that's we not drank you, but, but, uh, Peddler's Hard Cider. Yeah, get that. Quantum get on that. Winery. That's, that's and yummy. And before you guys are... that, we drank, uh, Red Cypress, which if your listeners that are local have not been there yet, they're deep all roots. idiots. Yeah. And they need to go there. They the just deep kind of roots, popped uh, out of nowhere recently. Like in the last couple of months, it seems like they're just, blo- I think they just started He's been canning. there. He's been there, uh, probably... I don't know, year, year and They a just half, started canning recently, I Well, think. they just started yeah. canning. Um, yeah. And they've expanded their tasting room a little bit. It was a smaller, like, literally four-tap operation, but really cool people. There's amazing things going on in beer here in the Central Florida area right now. Yeah. I There's agree. a guy that just opened up west of us that specializes in only sour beers, and you can only buy them online. He has no tasting room. He has no <laughs> brew room. He has no... Uh, he has no distribution. You can only buy them canned online, uh, inoculum brewing. But they've actually they've had kegs over at Red Light, Red Light. That's where I found them because yeah. that is like literally the greatest place in the world. To it, it really is. Yeah. It, it's I'm. If you if you boys are listening, I'm still waiting to get that peddler's keg on tap over well, there. Uh, yeah, I, they, they, <laughs> I, I can I can guess that one of the two might be listening. Uh, yeah, we. You, like I said, you came at a good time to come yeah. to Orlando. If you'd come 10 years earlier, I don't think you would have liked it. it. It's five years earlier. It was interesting. Then it became not so interesting for a hot minute. And we we are on just an incredible upswing. 
uh, leaps and bounds yeah in in months month to month to month here it, it's insane what goes on i i love it here i don't like the the heat being from new england if i could take this town and pick it up and bring it back to like maine or something that would be awesome I i'm don't know excited if town would do as well but um i'm excited about here. what's going to go on like what this is going to be like in the next five years mm -hmm. you know and, and i normally I'm, i don't make great decisions my wife makes them all but the group decision for us was to buy our house in the Audubon Park market, Audubon Park area, and I couldn't ask for a better section of town to live in. I'm I'm far enough away from downtown that I don't get any of the knucklehead, right? People's chitting in your lawn. But stuff. you could still ride a bike to downtown. I could ride a bike to downtown. Uber is a couple bucks. You know, I can get on the 408. I, you mm -hmm. know, I can get on 95 and a half a second. Uh, it, 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 we we are lucky and quantumly I, I absolutely bring something to the table so thank you for coming in thank you I uh, want to remind you said the mildly drunk guy looking for his notes oh my music hey uh, CJ Mask wrote my music my awesome uh, intro and outro music uh, CJ is an amazingly talented cat and he's just nice and cool and he plays with a uh, uh, Mike Dunn, who's going to be on the podcast. Actually, do you know Mike? I've met him. Uh, Mike's going to be on tomorrow. That should be interesting because oh, cool. he's uh, like a philosopher renaissance man who plays guitar and sings amazing music. He's dreamy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he, I love me some Mike, and we've been trying to get him on for a little while. So that'll be from this podcast, like I think three or four down. Uh, well, CJ plays with Mike, and he's played with Mike in different variations of Mike. Mike as he is now, Mike Dunn, and he played with Mike Dunn and the Kings in New England. He plays with Richard Churphy and All God's Children. Both two amazing local bands. If you, if you hear they're playing in town, go see them. And he plays all over town. Uh, so if you see CJ playing, see CJ. If you hear that CJ's playing someplace, go see him. He also records, he produces. If you need, if you're making a record, think about CJ because he's the man and he's good at what he does. I want to remind you that uh, this episode and every episode is brought to you by Bama Pama Vintage. 15% discount for listeners in their online store and at any local pop-ups. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, B-A-M-A-P-N-A-A. -A -A. Wow, you're bourbon, dude. It just hit me. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the wine industry. Yes. <laughs> Welcome. Bring some bourbon. Welcome to the wine industry. Uh, B-A-M-A-P-N-A. B-A-M-A-P-A-N-A -A -A Vintage. They're going to love that. Over going to fix that in post-production. Sure. No, no, I'll just leave it. It's fun. Uh, Google it, learn it, live it, love it. They're good at what they do. And uh, our, our folks, our friends over at Red Light, Red Light Beer Parlor, 2810 Corinne Drive, 24 taps, two traditional handles, 300 bottles and cans, uh, locally owned. They, they're talking about people who are good at what they do. Um, it... it, it I, it sounds like I'm blowing smoke up people's ass when I talk about them, but I, even if they weren't my sponsor, I, I was talking about them before they were my sponsor. And it's they, one of the best places in they all bring, of Florida. They, they bring something country to, well, world. They, uh, Draft Magazine said they were one of the mm -hmm. top 100 beer bars in, in the United States. They bring something to my city. Um, make a plan of going there. They're great. And tell them we sent you. Uh, if you like the podcast, if you've listened, if you... I enjoy what we do here do me a favor hit the subscribe button so you get to hear every podcast as it comes out and uh if you really like us leave us a review uh there's a little button on itunes it's got stars on it leave us four or five and, and if you like us leave us a little note tell us 
why people should listen. If you don't like us, don't tell us soul. Um, go to scottsagoodconversation.com. Uh, call us 407-965-5557. That's 407-965-5557. Facebook, Instagram, uh, whatever. Uh, Twitter, that's whatever. Uh, thank you very much. You're my new friend. We are buddies. Thank you. Uh, say goodbye. Your dog is actually doing okay with I, me I now. told you. I, I told you she would, she'd be sitting at her, <laughs> her feet. Yeah, An hour and a half ago, she was barking like a crazy person, crazy dog. Well, thank you for having me, and, and thank your listeners and uh, any of you guys who are local. Feel free to stop by the winery. Absolutely. Go by. and, and Mention uh, that you heard about it on Scotch and Good Conversation. I'll please. probably buy you a drink. Cool. Thank you very much, you guys. I love you guys. Peace. Bye-bye. Cheers. Cheers.